Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the This Life Podcast with Dr. Drew Pinsky and me, Mike Catherwood. That's right. We're doing it this time. So check it out. Thanks for listening. You live. All right, here we are, buddy. Thank you very much. Of course, Bob is out today. Mike is kindly sitting in. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Uh, Mike and I have a new uh, health and fitness podcast. I, I don't like calling it a health and fitness podcast. I was Why? just thinking, I like calling it a fitness podcast. Why? Because we talk health sometimes. We sometimes, but it really We is, talk mental health more than we talk I, I body All right, health. So health and fitness, yeah. but it's, not, it's really, when I think health, I think medical. And so I think, eh, this is more fitness, stuff you can do. It is, but you, it comes through the prism of health because you, I must say, but since I've been on this meat diet, it's affected my health in a positive way. Good. So we'll talk about that. Get your blood work done, though. Cause, I did. Uh, oh, yeah, what's your testosterone at? Didn't test that. But uh, why? Why would I? I, I, mean, I mean, think about it. I, with a prostate cancer, I want a low testosterone. And I don't feel like I have low testosterone right now. And, and my, yeah. and my uh, urologist measures it every time I go. I'm going in a couple weeks. He measures it's, wouldn't, there be, wouldn't there be health Problems that come with it. If it was, in if the, we're really, if low. it was in the toilet, we're really in the toilet. Doctor Baker had really low testosterone. I heard, but that was after how long, how many years on that diet, right? Yeah. But but I did my cholesterol highest HDL of my life. That's awesome. LDL. Well, finally, lowest triglyceride of my life. Finally, even MDs like you are getting it that eating cholesterol has no relationship to it's not so eternal it, cholesterol. There's still all this data about meat and animal fats and heart disease and early de- death and colon yeah, but those, polyps. Watch those I don't know studies. what to do with that Watch yet. those studies. Here's what I'm convinced. What I'm convinced of is that the most important thing is this. Yeah. That's that visceral the, fat. Visceral fat, not visceral, but uh, what's called central obesity around okay. the waist. Th- that is more important. That's so important that whatever other factors are going negative are overwhelmed by the positive benefit of losing that weight, which this diet does, and keeping it off. Yeah. So I think that's what's – let me give a little more information, everybody. Uh, Facebook, at Dr. Drew. Twitter, at Mike Catherwood, at This Life Podcast, at First Lady of Love. I join the email list at Dr.com. You get everything at Dr.com, all the uh, – the weekly opium series and links to all the podcasts. Everything is there. Also, don't forget to click on the click on the Hydrolite banner. Uh, save on your next purchase if you click there and use the code Dr. Drew eighteen. Uh, it's important that you stay hydrated, and this is the best product out there. Simply, that's it. It is awesome, man. It's a great I've product. used it in this crazy summer heat. The great Theo Vaughn will be here in mere moments. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, this past weekend, one of the fastest growing comedy podcast, uh, twice a week on that show. Uh, I've been on that. I don't know if he's aired the one I did yet. We'll have to ask him about that. What are you doing? I'm putting. I'm. I'm making a video with you on it. Why? Well, I hope it's like a GIF or something. GIF. Hi. What are we doing here? I already, no, it's all right. You're done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so uh, we were. You and I were talking about a lot that's going on in the world of recovery. Okay. Did you? Yeah. Were you a fan of the Dopey podcast? Well, you introduced me to those guys, uh. and that's why I am. I know where this is going. Well, when you say there's a lot going on in the world of recovery, that's the first thing that occurs to me. Well, that was what I want to talk to you about. Yeah. When Susan told me, I could, I was like, "What? This yeah. is a, we, what?" We talk, Bob and I talked to Dave in detail. It's I, here. Here's what I think happened. Okay, get, get, if you had to guess, you want me to tell you what happened? I know what happened. Well, well, how do you know? 
Because I know, because I know. You know drug addicts. I, okay. Yeah. Well, what's your What's your best? Especially heroin addicts. Well, hang on. And I know doctors. Yeah. So let's put it together. <sighs> he's in recovery, so he's probably having some anxiety, mental health issues. Let me frame it better. He's getting a PsyD. He's getting his ass kicked at school. Okay. No. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. Okay. So he's got a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety, and he's in recovery. So he goes and he gets some Valium or some shit, uh, Xanax. School. You think it was just school? No, no. What does everybody do to do better on their exams? Adderall. Absolutely. So something you know Adderall. that he doesn't assume is going to throw him out yep. does. Yeah. Then he's had a, a certain amount of of uh, sobriety, so his tolerance has gone way down. Yep. But his appetite still as high as it ever was. Yep. He goes in, he gets one hot uh, barrel, and so he injects it, and he's dead. The way the way Adderall works is a little bit more complicated. The way Adderall works is uh, it usually takes them about six months before they go out. Magically, injury, magically, pain pills, yeah. magically, on we go. And and in once once you're in it, you're in it. All the obfuscation and bullshitting starts. Ugh. So good times. Uh, this is a horrible disease. It's a fatal one. Remember. I had a dream about you last night. I didn't know we were working together. Were we today. fucking? No, we were not. Uh, but it involved your sister, strangely. And your sister Were you guys a- fucking? No. No. But you were really excited <laughs> to see her. And I, I that's was definitely it, a dream because that's not reality. It was very strange. It had something to do, you know what I think it has something to do with? You said she said you were here having a big weekend for your daughter with the grandparents. I was. And somehow the daughter's enthusiasm became your sister, and your enthusiasm for your daughter became your enthusiasm for your, your – it was even your parents' enthusiasm for your daughter. So I got all mushed into this one little scene in my dream. Okay. So, and, but but the, the comedy was your sister was a female version of you. It was not your sister. It was not my real sister. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it, was, it was very funny. I don't want to know the female version of me. <laughs> That sounds shitty. And then having you go after it, like, oh, it's so good to see you. <laughs> so nice to see you. It's like that Adam Sandler movie where he plays the, yes. the woman. You know, yes. it's just like I'm imagining me with long hair. Oh, my God. Hi there. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm Michelle. Dog. You don't like that voice, dog? dog. <laughs> Rex, like, how are you doing? So are there other things going on in recovery you were thinking Well, it's about? Demi Lovato. What do you think about that? I feel really bad for her. I do, too. I feel really bad for her, man. Um, I think she'll be okay. And people at Access Hollywood were always asking me, they're like, how would, you know, people know she's a drug addict. Well, how could she get drugs? Like, wouldn't huh. people stop? And I go, huh. do you know how many C-list shitbags want to surround themselves with Demi Lovato and are willing to do anything to just be a part of her crew? How many fucking scumbags? Well, and then she knows that. She's an addict. And right. boom, it's game. Game on then. Yeah, because, like, it sounds so trite to give to make the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde um analogy but it's, it's not very right re- that was about an alcoholic right but my point is is like I, it, it's just such a it's such a played out analogy but uh, but it's true in that even if to Demi Lovato's not to her knowledge the the addict brain of hers yeah starts thinking before your normal brain can stop it yes and so she already set up this battery of shitheads yes. to surround her and get her coke and get her heroin and stuff of course and I just feel really, really bad because I got clean, hopefully for good, when I was very young, a little younger than her. Mm-hmm. And it was practically impossible. And I had an awesome support network. And I was not rich. And I was not famous. I had no ability to get drugs. I was, you know, it was, it was a do or die decision I yeah. had to make. Yeah. She has endless funds and a bunch of yes men. 
Well, and to be fair, if she doesn't get it, that's risk. That's her. What her life that puts her life at risk. But she doesn't strike me as someone who doesn't get it. Uh, she strikes me as somebody dependent, and she needs to have autonomy in her sobriety. That's my bet. And if she doesn't gain that, she has to be fully autonomous in her own program. Right. I mean, for instance, we. What, I think you and I talked about this. We heard she had a sober coach. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. That's a- you know, it's like, uh, okay, five years of sobriety and a sober coach. Uh, not no. Uh, so something was wrong there. Something was wrong, and, and it may be her, whatever. But it needs no, to be. No, it's. I'm telling you, there's a bunch of agents and managers that get uh-huh. in. They're like, "Okay, get back on tour, and we'll send this sober coach with I you." I know that's how it gets. Started. You know, Absolutely. as opposed to like invest in your recovery, take right? what time you need to get it sober. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's how it works. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to talk to you? But about? But I do it? feel I feel bad for her because, in the same vein as Chester, yeah. uh, God rest his soul, like. Whenever anybody's really open about their struggles, uh, it always gives me it, it, it tugs on my heartstrings because it's not easy to do as a public figure. Yeah, uh, I found a I found a some sort of lyric from him. It ended up in one of my Google Docs. I don't know how, and it was "Dead by Sunset." Dead by Sunrise. Dead by Sunrise. Yeah, yeah. and the lyrics were there, yeah. and and it was a dis- and it was some new quotes from him about what that was all about. Yeah, it was, it's a terrible. And, and terrible. it was about him believing he wouldn't make it to sunrise. It's like, ugh. That was his side project. That was the name of his, his side project. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, he, he, it's because of those horrible feelings that eventually killed him. It, it's just too much, you know? A guy like that. Absolutely. Much. But in Demi Lovato kind of falls in that category. She's always been so open uh, about not only eating disorders and, and food issues, but uh, eating, cutting, self-harm and, cutting. and addiction. You know, like Bipolar. every other person in her in – her, um, line of work and I don't mean specifically music I mean pop star female pop star young hot female pop star it's always dehydration and exhaustion right. it's not she's not really an addict oh no uh, we're in, and Demi Lovato's like no no I got a serious drug problem yeah. <laughs> like I'm I need a, I need I've help I have mental gonna, health issues yeah and, and so do a lot of people and, and here that, I go um, that uh, I think she should be commended for that oh, and that's also I, why I listen, feel I, uh, I, extra sorry for her I have always been a big Demi Lovato fan yeah. for that reason uh, and she's a great performer but uh, I'm a fan for other reasons, if you know what I mean. You are a fan for other reasons. I'm a, I'm, I'm fan for the whole a, the whole a, picture. A whole different reason. Okay, I'm sure she likes that too. That ass, if I, you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. Wow. Oh. <laughs> oh, the producer just rang in. I like it too. Okay. Uh, she's a full figured woman. I like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Oh, she's a producer. Susan's chiming in. Yeah. So am I. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Um, I, I was thinking about that. I mean, if you have something really important to say, go ahead. Never mind. What are you thinking about what? <laughs> I was thinking about how it's ama- the the one big, huge. Everybody bemoans the horrible part of social media and all the ills that it does. One of the great things, specifically Instagram, has done is it's finally given the power to straight men in in, in the world of like modeling and fashion. Like for years, so we don't have to have the other wave. women and gay guys. Yeah. Made women get to size zero, mm-hmm. and now through Instagram, you realize nobody likes that. All guys that want to have sex with women prefer big, nice, round tuchus and <laughs> b- bosoms, and and a, and a little bit of, uh, of uh, cushion in there in the fupa area. No, there's no guy that likes you know the six foot foot chick that's you know 105 pounds, um, and because. The the kind of the photo the photograph appreciation world has been snagged 
away from magazines and mm-hmm. and and you know high level television it's been given like we've now taken control you can see now there's no ifs ands or buts about it like the the most popular women on instagram whether they're celebrities or not they, they're all these kind of more full figure chicks and i think that that's a huge upside to because it, it, like the standard Although now we have people doing plastic surgery to yeah, look like insane. instagram that's models, insane right? <laughs> yeah. or to look like instagram filters yeah that's the really crazy oh they yeah the snapchat ones that l- literally oh. they have plastic surgeons yeah. that are getting that request yeah and, howard and said the funny stern said the funniest thing he's like yeah I, I saw a guy coming out of a plastic surgeon with bunny ears on his head <laughs> oh, i know that's what i said with with a weird bunny nose and flowers around their head all right we've got some uh, um, emails here that came on our contact list I have a friend looking for an alternative to Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, she's not into the whole high power thing. You mentioned another program before on several podcasts, but I haven't been able to find it again. So I have two feelings about this. I do too. One is uh, rational recovery, fine. Uh, or refuge. Smart. Refuge, smart recovery, women in recovery. These are all 12 st- or- I like refuge only because I know Noah and he has he doesn't have any problems with. But that's strictly locally here though, right? Is it? Is know. it national now? I don't know. I, okay, I honestly refuge I don't recovery. Know. Okay, I like but it too. the reason No Levine who runs it, he wrote Dharma Punks. That's where yeah. he got fame. He has no problem with he's twelve steps show. and the he's model on, of twelve step. He's, but, been on, he's been on this show, right, Susan? Yeah, he's been on this show. You can look. You can find the older podcast. He's a he's, a, he's a devout Buddhist, yeah. and and that's the only only switch. Higher power is still a, a part of it. Yeah, you I know. know. So I, that's why I like. Well, it. and so speak to that because that's the other issue, which is when somebody says, "I don't like the whole higher power thing." That's the number one excuse I hear when people just don't want to. Going to recovery, correct? You know, it's it's the number one, and because look, the, and here's the, by the, the way, statistics are there. Most Americans don't like organized religion. No one goes to church anymore. It's not about that. It has nothing to do nothing. with nothing. Well, you literally are religious taught, deity. You're literally taught, and if you're at a meeting, there are meetings that are highly religious, and you don't go to those yeah. if you don't dig that stuff. But it, the, you're taught that the higher power could be the laws of physics, this chair, whatever you want, just so you get out of your head. And believe that you don't you don't have to be in control of everything, and you're not. And the person who says that, I always say to them, I said, listen, do whatever the hell you want to do to get yeah, sober. Yeah. But the person who says, I'm not into it because of the higher power thing, is the person who really needs to understand what a higher power is. Absolutely. Because that all it is, is about the humility to understand that there's greater powers than yourself, and you need to surrender to those things. Has nothing to do with God or anything. And... uh if you're so pompous to believe that, like, yeah, well, I don't like that aspect of it. I'll go do it my own way. You're the number one person who needs the humility and to be humbled. Yep. Uh, old country way. Fuck your ass. Make you humble. Right. That's right. Camel clutch. That's right. Uh, the great Iron Sheik. Yeah. You know, you, you really you, – you've got to take a good look at yourself. And, again, we have no problem with these other programs. There's a guy named Keith Humphreys. If you go to drdrew.com, there's a Dr. Drew podcast with Keith Humphreys. Right in, you can get right now. It's about two weeks back. When, when, is, when are we airing this? Uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks. Yeah, should be two weeks back. Uh, and he is the head of addiction medicine Stanford, and he and also a guy named uh, John Kelly is also a podcast. Oh, with the him. Stanford guy is up. It's up. It's up. Yeah, but it will be have been two weeks ago when this airs. But- I I would like to add on though. Are those? I I do have one problem with one source of like one road of alternative recovery. Okay, but but first let me just say, okay. Harvard, the head of Harvard, head of Stanford, are publishing Cochrane analyses that show. That that mutual aid societies like like all the all these we're talking about have as good or better effect evidence based effect on reco- on addiction than any other treatment. Right. Think about that. And people are trashing it. Give me an F and break. Go well, ahead. you just don't you don't want to do the work. That's the truth. 
Yeah. The people who trash it. Yeah. So go ahead. What do you want to do? I have I have a, a sincere problem with that drug that you take that makes you like allergic to alcohol. Oh yeah. I, I don't and, like and abuse. I don't I don't like that. Why not take naltrexone? You can take I don't like any of it. Why? Because I, I <clears throat> abstinence based recovery for me is yeah. Only. But naltrexone will make will make you crave it a little less and have a little less a shittier response to it when you do. But I know addict brain, yeah. even if it's not addictive. If I know something good is – if a pill or something I put in my body does something good to me, I'm going to abuse it. I'm going to overuse it. doesn't do anything good to I'm you. I'm going to get dependent it's, on it. It's a shot. Take once a month. It's actually shown to have pretty good results. But you right. don't feel it. You have no feeling from it. But it why, just, why – I mean, look, no one loves liquor more than I do. Yeah. Okay, but so so I, I'm I'm not I'm not uh, arguing with you. I, I would much rather people listen. Literally, I, nobody loves liquor more than me. Literally, I I am uh, a fan of cravings. When people have cravings, I think it's a good thing. Right. We've got we've got this industry built around. Oh my God, they're having a craving. What are their cravings? Let's go. Same with food. Cravings let you know your disease is alive and well, so you need to get to a meeting. If you don't have cravings, you feel like you, you have your act together. You're going to use. Yeah. So uh, this or is a, or you're in hell. Yeah, you might not use, but you know, I was about five, six years in, and I had this idea that I just, yeah, well, I, I don't even think about drugs, man. I don't right. even think about drugs enough. There it is. I'm like, I'm like, to, and I, I didn't fall out of, I didn't fall off the wagon. Yeah. I, I, I stayed clean, but my, I was mentally fucked because you weren't going to be. Yeah, it was just. I thought I had. I thought that that like it was a cured disease. Uh-uh. You know, that's the way I looked at. it. Oh yeah, that's not good. Um. All right, here's another email. Hello, my children's father is suffering from a mental illness. Any any questions on Facebook, by the way? I don't know. Let me look. Um, he graduated from rehab until a couple of weeks ago, walked away from his job, home, everything. I don't know what to do. Everyone has disowned him. I'm the only one who continues to help him. How do I get him the help he needs? I, I don't quite understand what she's describing. She, he left treatment, I guess. He graduated, she says. Hey, I think he left the house. Well, yeah, like, left literally everybody. left home. Well, he's using. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Yeah. She needs to go to Al-Anon uh, and uh, work a program at Al-Anon. And keep doing the best you can to get him into treatment. Just, I wonder if you can have him arrested, if there's some way to have him arrested. Absolutely. The legal system is a great way to do it. If, if you can get him uh, mandated into, into care, the better. Although, That's just service I should start. Although in California now, it's <laughs> Prop 47, you can, barely, you can barely force the issue. Because people just are not arrested. I know. I, I want to be like a guy who professionally sets people up. Yeah, just pack the car with heroin. Yeah, and then, and then after, and then after the cops arrest him, take the same batch of heroin, put him in somebody else's car. Yeah, <laughs> and like firearms and shit, and just like plant it on people. But oh, I mean, not for good reasons. Yeah, you know, like he, the guy's gone bonkers. He's he's doing smack all day, and the family has no ability to get control of his life. The, you know, I, you need to help my son. We yeah. can't. We've tried everything. He's been to rehab twelve times, and then I go and I get him set up. He gets uh, two years in county. <laughs> it's the only way. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's sick. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm just reading it? an email here. Okay. Uh, That's good radio. What do we do with uh, the pot situation now? In what sense? I don't know. I don't know quite what to do. I mean, we're getting people switching from opiates to pot, which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but I think they think that now I'm now I'm good. Right. And, and well, all we need to do is just get the most. Ardent marijuana evangelist, which there's these zealots out there. Yeah, because neither you or I is anti weed by no. any stretch of the imagination. No. It's a, it's a fantastic drug for what it what it does, and, and more but, to be revealed. But too. it is a drug. Yeah, and that's what I don't like about the the extreme pot, you know, kind of voices out there is that I no one's saying 
I think it should be legalized. I, I think it should be legalized nationally. And I think that if you want to smoke weed, smoke weed all you want. But let's quit creating this narrative that pot is utterly harmless. It is not. It's a drug that has get chemically does shit to your brain. But alcohol hurts people. Well, look at alcohol. Alcohol is fucking poison. That's yeah, right. no shit. That's right. But the end. Uh, that's so just let's all create let's all consider that all drugs are drugs and they can affect drug addicts the same way. You can be fucked up on them and you can throw your life away on them. Now the shovel to which you dig a hole for yourself with weed is much smaller than all other drugs, mm-hmm. including alcohol. Yeah, you could throw. It's different. It's you different. dig yourself a giant hole with drugs and alcohol. Yeah. What about uh, over time, though? Well, that's the well, hole. It just kind of just deflates you. You know, yeah. like uh, pot addicts, like drug addicts that uh, pot is their drug of choice. You know, they're not selling their fucking. They're not pawning their their watch so that they can get their next hit. But they're just kind of empty. They're just kind of like well, empty sort of, people. They sort of, you know, they're not, they're not, they have let, they have trouble initiating activities. Yeah, and right. so it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a blunting and a settling that they're then they also lose insight, so they're not aware it's happening. Right, and don't don't get all if you're listening and you're getting all pissy because you're like my uncle own runs four businesses. Yeah. He smokes weed sure. all day. Uh, He's not a drug addict. He's not, he we're just talking smokes about a lot of weed. Yeah, there's a big difference between someone. Yes, who there are you, people that drink a lot of alcohol that are not alcoholics. Right. Yep. Right, yep. right. And there's people who smoke, take bong rips for breakfast. They're not <laughs> drug addicts, but they just love to smoke a lot of weed. And I'm sure a lot of those people are very high-functioning and very uh, ambitious and do a lot of great that's, shit. That's, pre- that's fairly unusual. It, do- it does have some effect on your brain, most people, the vast majority, let's put it that way. I mean, even Joe Rogan and Kreischer, when they, when they stopped. Remember? Did you? Yeah, yeah. I was. I remember Joe saying like there was. He he felt a lot better and slept regard, better. But I just remember him saying like I've had dreams. I've had the first yeah. dreams I've had in fifteen years yeah. or something. Yeah. I I only have shitty dreams. I only dream about you. It's weird. Oh, <laughs> you had a sex dream. About I did. Yeah, recently you did told I? me about. Okay. I just think it's important to. If, if I was going. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. I was in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, sort of. You were watching. <laughs> You're watching Drew just uh, dork up Adam from the, from the backside. <laughs> yeah. Just spit on his massive dong. Okay. Um, okay. I, as long as we can push that idea across where that marijuana is a drug and that it can be harmful. Yeah. That it's – it, it, with weed, that's the only drug where it's like black and white. You're either this reefer madness maniac who's trying to create this idea that, you know, what well, – Number one gateway drug is going to destroy no, your no, life. No, 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 or no. you're this person like completely healthy, cures cancer, nothing wrong with weed. It's like, no, it's a fucking drug. It's a rather innocuous drug in comparison to most, but it's a drug and it does shit chemically to your brain. And that always needs to be regulated and monitored. Uh, is there any Facebook questions? Um, well, we had a nice comment about the Dopey podcast. Jeremy said, just wanted to say the last This Life podcast with Dopey podcast was amazing. We we Hit talked to Dave to from Dopey. Yeah. It was and very I very, think I was here that day. I came in at the end and, and sat down right here on this couch. No, no. We did another one did you? this week. It went. It actually posted yesterday, this week. But he was really nice to call in. And yeah. But Dave's really struggling with this. It's only been two weeks since Chris passed away. Uh, so you and did another just podcast with just Dave yes. after. Okay. And Bob. And, and it was touching. Uh, where's Theo? What the hell's going on? Make no mistake. Like, make no mistake. You're going to die. He's close. If you're using and you think you have it under control and you're a daily user of, of opiates, uh, gonna kill you. you're going to die. Yeah. What, and you're, it's a matter of time. Your 
your timeline is unpredictable, but make no mistake, it's way shorter than a normal person. Yeah. It's nice that we can say that now and have people sort of hear it. I, mm-hmm. I, I was saying it 10 years ago and people were like, yeah, right. My doctor just say I need this. Yeah. Uh, and then Jeff Conway and Mike Starr, and, but gone. Yeah. That's it. Gone. And everybody wants you to interview Rex, or actually Carol Ream does. So um, Interview Rex the dog? Yeah. So when you hear Rex bark, you'll know Theo's here. Cause he's, oh, mate, it's me, Rex the dog, eh? <laughs> he's the Australian Shepherd. See, he yeah. likes you, Mike. Oh, well, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big animal guy. He's very mellow. Do you have other, other uh, internet Emails? questions? Emails? Internet? Yeah. No, nobody's asking questions. There's only, you know, there's not that many people on there. So, okay. Did see. you interview Sean Spicer on KBC? I did not interview Sean Spicer. I interviewed Scaramucci. Because we had the chance to sit down with Spicer on Access. Well, that's what I want to ask you. Okay, and and I, I met him over at Sirius. It was that. nuts. Yeah. Scaramucci I had breakfast with. The Mooch? Yeah. Nice guy. Very nice guy. In a totally opposite way than Sean Spicer. <laughs> Sean Spicer seemed like a nice guy, too. Sean Spicer, I, I, I know, but very nice different guy. Different guy, yeah. But di- a totally di- different type of nice. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. You know what I'm saying? Sca- they're, they're, Scaramucci seems a little greasy nice. <clears throat> He's more entertaining, nice. Right. Yeah. John Spicer seems like my dad's like nice golf buddy, <laughs> and then he's fucking press secretary, just fielding bombs getting thrown at him. I was like, that, he, that's really was your problem. You're just too nice a guy for that job. You, I, I want to not... switch back to Access Hollywood because yeah. you and I were talking about uh, Demi Lovato with Natalie. Yeah, Natalie, and she had trouble getting her head around it. I think yeah. all people who aren't drug addicts or you know married to one or have like a drug addict kid. It's. I totally understand why it seems crazy. Drug addiction seems fucking nuts. And then you showed her horrible pictures. I did. You texted me that you did, and that didn't go well. Oh yeah. What happened? But Kit likes them. Oh my god. She does. What? And Natalie, I just imagine her just, just like, like really like Mike. Do not do that. Yeah. I, I think I'm tapping into Natalie's fun side a lot more i think i think it's really there you're gonna turn her into a 14 year old no also? no no that's not happening i mean i think she's like an ivy league chick i, I don't think that that's gonna they happen. still laugh at your jokes though they do drew i watch them they, they laugh on, on the jokes. air you mean yeah they're yeah, pros sure. they're they're trained to laugh <laughs> even if it's not funny but i do you do you feel as though you're able to get through to them on this on how addiction works and stuff they seem to defer to you which is not yes and no i mean we when we did that interview on demi i think that was the first time they had heard Sort of pieces of your story, and Natalie was like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> she was like, "Huh?" Well, yeah, because I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I never want to be that guy that goes around as an no, exhibitionist. No, I understand, about but she was but like, like, she's like, yuggity, yuggity, yuggity. Wait, you just kind of because of all the years of Love Line and stuff. Like, you're just like, so Mike, so tell them about all the times you overdosed, <laughs> and she's like, "What? <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> she, she literally was like, <laughs> like, like your head spun around. <laughs> well, and also she see, she only sees me in my most polished capacity yeah yeah i understand that's why you showed her horrible pictures so here's the question i don't listen by the way i'm not showing her pictures like i show you okay let's not let's be clear i don't think she should even know how about about the magritte reference in the last one that's pretty good (laughs) so your top fan edgar says what's drew's opinion on the difference between an addict versus someone that's dependent on drugs it's a good question is a great question because and it's to some extent that's some of what we were talking about with pot right yeah because somebody can use a lot of kind of even be dependent upon it but not be an addict per se i'm a i'm dependent on caffeine I'll have withdrawal. I can't get. I yeah, can't feel like that's I can't a mild dependency. It. It's a little different, but but I would argue that the real the real story that Edgar's referring to is the opiate dependent non addict. Yeah, 
lot of those these days. Yeah. Never used to see that. We used to call it pseudo addiction back in the day. And so now people are getting strung out so much on opioids for pain and don't realize that it's perpetuating the pain and they're getting strung out that they look for all purposes to be an addict. And yet when you take them off, you just get them detox. And if you get them completely off everything, it's over. Yeah, it's over. They wake up like five days later and go, what the hell? I'm, I'm not interested in that. Why, why didn't somebody tell me I was, right. that I was stuck in this thing? And uh, I've seen a lot of that. And those people can die of opiate addiction too. Because sure. you, you start going with the opiates, start going with the back pain, start going with the leg pain, you start not sleeping, you start going for sleeping meds and the back pain, and the anxiety now kicks in because you're in withdrawal and you're escalating your, your sleeping meds and your pain meds, and that's it. That person can die easily, easily, and does. Which is really sad. It's not even a do you dying see a lot of Do you see a lot of opiate addicts going in for like Viagra and stuff too? <clears throat> Cialis? Testosterone. They actually get testosterone shots because opium opiates turn off the testosterone. Listless. Yeah. No, your testosterone goes to a toilet. It's a dopamine blocker, and so they they will get these prolactin levels that go up, testosterone levels go down. Oh yeah. And I've seen doctors not understanding that it's the opiates start going. Oh, you you have some sort of testicular failure. We've got to do, replace this. I. It's a weird thing because, like, all the heroin addicts I knew, and I, I only my only real point of reference is like, like people slamming heroin. It's a different, it's a different crazy than someone who pop than someone who pops pills. Yeah, it's a different crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's a culture. Like it's heroin addicts, different. heroin addicts turn into like empty shells that drool on themselves. Yeah, I know. Well, that's why when they said to me Lovato heroin, I went no, no, Theo not heroin. Theo, sit down here, buddy. What's sit up, down. Theo? Grab, grab a mic. Okay, we'll go to break while Theo Vaughn sets up here. We'll take a little break. Be right back. Well, it's about time for athletes, trainers to report for the start of the fall season, but we are still dealing with that extreme heat. So even if you're training indoors, dehydration is a major issue for amateurs and pros. Water, sports drinks, they do not do a great job. I've known this for a long time. That's why I wanted to develop a product. Instead, Hydrolyte came along, so I strongly suggest you stay ahead of your hydration with Hydrolyte. The best way to stay hydrated is with a proper balance of sodium, glucose, and water. And Hydrolate does this better than anything else I've tried. Everyone here swears by it. My wife, my kids, my patients. I use it if patients need rehydration. It's a way to replete hydration orally. This gets you ahead of the game. And so you can sometimes avoid hospitalization things in my experience. Hydrolate comes in great flavors like orange berry and lemonade. Available as a pre-mixed drink, a powder, or my personal preference is these effervescence tablets. You simply drop in a glass of water or a bottle of water. Literally, uh, we don't leave home without these. Compared to sports drinks, Hydrolite delivers up to four times the electrolytes with 75% less sugars. Hydrolite solutions are appropriate for all ages, and each bottle or package includes easy-to-follow instructions. This is the best hydration product out there, period, and you can find Hydrolite at Rite Aid, or at hydrolite.com slash drdrew, D-R-D-R-E-W. And for a limited time, our listeners can save 30% on Hydrolite. I just sent my daughter over to buy this stuff. She's like, I need Hydrolite. I'm like, go to the website and use the code drdrew18, D-R-D-R-E-W-18 at checkout. That is H-Y-D-R-A-L-Y-T-E dot com, hydrolite.com slash D-R-D-R-E-W-18. To use that code, get 30% off. You won't need any other hydration products. It's the best. And we're back with Theo Vaughn in here. We've let's talk a little bit about your podcast. It's uh, growing fast. Twice mm-hmm. a week. What days are it up? Uh, this past weekend, it's on Mondays and Thursdays. Let the dog be. He, he has he has sexual addiction problems. It's all right. He likes this. This true. This is. I don't know where this falls in my. This might be in my inner circle. Man. And I, chat. I I I find it strange that you do because from the the little that I know of your using 
just from like listening to you um, and 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 your comedy and stuff, you seem like such an isolated uh, addict. Slow, yeah. Slow, wait a second. Uh, drug addicts don't isolate. No, no, no. Uh, drug addict, dual diagnosis, sex addicts. Typically, yeah. you know, like my friends that are in recovery that are sex addicts. Yeah. They're always party animals. I, I see. I see. Uh, you know oh, it doesn't have to be like that. No, no, no. And I, you know, and I, I relate because I was it, to me, heaven. Was a crack pipe in a room by myself, for cable television. Mm. I, did, I was not the like. Let's imagine go out if to there the... was porn back then, though, <laughs> on the internet, dude. You wouldn't be here. You, there you was. Wouldn't... I just wore out DVDs and VHSs. Yeah, but the, with the internet, with the It'd endless... be too much. You, you would love. No, no you know what would be worse it'd be, is like if there was Tinder. Yeah, there's yeah. Tinder back then. It was just dude. When I was growing up, I mean, you had. You know, we used to. They had this dude named Nick that would draw you a little picture of crotch for the weekend. You give him four <laughs> bucks, and he'd sketch you out a little picture of some vagina for the weekend you know and then you get get it on friday and utilize it over the weekend See, i think a lot of human artistic impulse is built on that <laughs> I, I, i'm not kidding i'm not oh, kidding. Dude, when, they say, when they say oh it's a fertility god it's a fertility goddess it's a symbol yeah i just immediately think oh men yeah you know what they're doing with that yeah they're beating off yeah yeah so, i was thinking like do you think that everything oh. in the world at some point in human history has been fucked well not some small birds, I bet. But most trees, like every like every tree that's been around for thousands of years, like all like caves, and like you know what I'm saying. Like at some no. point, a dude walked by and he's like, "Huh, huh?" Maybe it's terrible. So, uh, talk t- talk more about your podcast. Has mine been up yet? This past weekend, yeah. no. And here's why: yeah, because we have a group who is we're who's doing counseling that is going to be advertising with us, and we think it's ah, going to be best utilized. Great. Makes, makes perfect sense. Um, so, yeah, they're doing online counseling a lot now. What do you think about that? You know, I, I'm not sure what to do with it. it it's uh, We need something like that, and mm-hmm. we need it to work, right? Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, that dog's breathing is bothering me. All we hear is... Push him off the couch. Okay. I don't know Rex, that's it. It's like doing a podcast it. with Tommy Lasorda. <laughs> <laughs> or Tom Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> Only lately. Oh, that's funny. Um, <laughs> he's yeah, been very excitable lately. Very excited. The Trump syndrome. He's like I know. Standing. He's caught. Yeah. Trump got him, bro. <laughs> Trump's getting everybody. <laughs> and uh, what was I talking about? Oh, we're talking about the online, online The online stuff. So I've got a friend. I, I did a talk for something called the... Obsessive Compulsive Disorder, International Obsessive Compulsive Disorder Federation, IOCDF, mm-hmm. IOCDF.org. If you go on there, a woman named Elizabeth McGill, who is a therapist now, she herself had this condition, has set up an online series of exposure therapies that really seem to work. So there's one, boom, OCD. There's these things you can, these procedures you can go through. You know cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah, I love it. That's a procedure you could kind of do with a computer probably, right? Absolutely. In fact, I've used uh, software that uh, kind of, Correlates to a book that I read by the guy who Beck. What yeah. was his name? That invented yeah. kind of Steinbeck. Yeah. No, <laughs> Doctor Beck. Feel was that feeling? Doctor Beck. Yeah. yeah, feeling better or something. Oh. Anyway, he, he he. There's there's software that can actually online software. Yeah, and so these aren't perfect, but they're they're for people that don't have access and people because I I fundamentally believe that to really heal you need another human. I think mm. we talk a little bit about that at yeah. the podcast. And so I'm always skeptical when they say, well, it's an online program. You can get better. All right. You can get better to a point. But ultimately, re- even when you're doing those kinds of procedures, mm-hmm. those kinds of uh, interventions, you're doing it with a person. A person's taking you through it. And it's kind of a co-created thing. Right. I think that's much more powerful than doing anything by yourself. Now, can you do that across a screen? Right. Is the screen adequate to do that? 
plenty of people have done therapy with screens with therapists that they're already established with, mm. right? I noticed once uh, a woman who runs the Center for Healthy Sex here in, in Los Angeles. Yeah, Rhonda? Uh, uh, Alexandra Katahakis. Okay. I was watching, she, I was just, I shared the. Ironically, shared, has the sexiest voice in the world. Because she used to do our show. Yeah, yeah. And, and she. Uh, <laughs> She's high. Is she? I'm here to talk to you about sex addiction. Right, but she was. We were sharing a podium of one time, and I, I was. I went to the back to the audience. And I watched a video that she she played of her doing some sex therapy, and I realized that her attunement was so good that I was breathing with her. Wow! Like my breathing, I could tell was like I was exactly with her. I thought, oh man, that's a good therapist. But mm, interesting how it came across the screen, and I responded to it. Now I'm somebody who's been in a ton of therapy, right? So I'm prone to it. It's almost being. It's almost like somebody who's been hypnotized a million times. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. go into hypnosis if you want to. So the the bottom line of what I'm saying is, it probably has to be some combination of in person and across and across the screen can think probably about, be useful too. Think yeah. about like twelve step, like how it wouldn't work if it weren't in person. Doing, same thing I thought. You know, doing it via computer Skype or something, it just wouldn't work. How come? Because you need to be in those rooms and yeah. experience the camaraderie and stuff like that. But what if you had a, a group? This this was interesting where, where my head went. Why, why not? Couldn't you have a little community of looking? You, you Zoom will put your thirty five faces on a screen now. You know why? Because you'll bullshit it. Because I could sit there and scroll through my phone and and you're not uh, fully present. Watch TV out of the corner of my eye. Potentially be shit faced. There's something about walking. It. You you, you t- I. Feel a sense of pride going in there another day sober, walking into that room and and, and joining that. What if you're right, I agree. The, the in, I agree. Checking in. Excuse me, Drew. I was thinking, but what I start to wonder, and I think this maybe even applies to both of these things, is does this uh, does this other generation, does a younger generation, do they not know? They cannot differentiate. Like we're in this world where we can kind of we we're caught between two worlds in yeah. some ways. But can they not differentiate between online affection and real affection? It's a great I wonder point. if it feels the same to them because then it question. would all be equal. It's a great question, and we're having horrible times getting them to engage in twelve step. They just will not do it. Yeah. Really, really bad. Well, I think and there's I've the wondered, social awkwardness. Wondered, no, but I'm wondering if if that's the if a screen would help get them engaged. Right. You know, I I don't know. Dude, just, we don't know. they won't go to a record store for that reason. Yeah. You know, my, my point being that if you can do it from home, they're going to. Dude, most kids I know don't even want to get their license. Yeah. They don't one, want to drive. One kid I know hasn't even come out of his mother yet. He's 13 years old. <laughs> He's still, still in the womb. <laughs> yeah. And it's unbelievable, He's dude. got Wi-Fi down there. He what? has 6.9 million followers on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah. It's mostly upskirt pics, but still. <laughs> Hey, that was pretty good, wasn't you, you it? You better use that tonight. You better, you better <laughs> That's use amazing. That, that wasn't too bad. But you know, I you know, I really wonder that. Like, because um, I heard someone said that, like, if somebody for a younger generation, a like on a, on a social media or some yeah. ex- form of acceptance like yeah. that, feels the same as when we were younger, and somebody let us know that we were okay, or they like. What us. if that didn't they happen? Literally like, what if, you know, what if it never happened? Yeah, when you were younger, no one ever liked you. They never said it. You never heard it. Yeah, they yeah they said it, but you didn't hear it. I yeah. No, no, I'd never like my male friends would never be like you're you're you know what you're a good fella, right? But like, they might that, do that this though. I, you played football, I'm sure you got yeah. Some got touched. I got no people told me good play, okay. But never, yeah, I never go. got, I never got. You're a nice guy. You're a good person. Some guy smelled your helmet after the game. I'm sure. What? I like you. Yeah, you never yeah. got that. Oh, dude, from you're chicks? freaking handsome. You look like that guy from Chips. 
<laughs> I do have a, a I do have an Estrada. Eric Estrada. Yeah, Estrada. yeah, dude, you're probably pulling chicks all over all day on the highway. I was Bro, you can pull over any 55 year old woman in Los Angeles, dude. Uh, no, no, no. As an adult, I get it. Yeah, I, I certainly did. But I, I'm saying as a kid, right. I don't, it wasn't. And I think that you know, look, you were fairly belligerent. Though, I too. listened to I listened yeah, to Corolla. Like I listened to Corolla kid. talk about yeah. his upbringing and his male friends. Yeah, and. You were lucky if you didn't get shit thrown at you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that was kind of the world. Yeah, but I'd throw shit at Adam if I knew him. Yeah. You know, better. He's a, he'd he'd be, a good shit receiver. Oh, as a kid, his, dude? He'd be right his Adam. I bet it was fun to make fun of Adam probably when he was a kid. Oh, they, he certainly took his share of it, man. Because I bet he dished it out. Did he say oh, he did Oh, fuck not? yes. Yeah. You know Adam just ruined people. Yeah. You know he did. But he one he said, you don't know, there's a famous story where Chris and Barry were his, his MSC's friends. And they came out of the the boys' bathroom with uh, kind of walking out, you know. Hey, Adam, come here! And they had one has one hand behind him, uh-huh. and Adam's like, "Well, this can't be good." This yeah. is good. And uh, they're like, "Come on, get over here!" And they're very they were they were a lot bigger and stronger than him at that point. And uh, they grabbed him and threw their stool that oh, they wow. had just released into this paper towel into his head and packed in his ear. <laughs> and then they started. Then he started mm. chasing them, and they were running it down the sc- halls of the school, screaming, "Adam's a shithead!" <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so gross. That's what, what good boys do. Come on, relax. I don't do know. No one ever did that, that to you, Susan. Come on. No. How do you speak? Surely speaking of that, did. though, Theo, how do you feel about yourself? And I don't mean this in a, in a you know, I, I expect <clears> you to be, uh, you know, braggadocious, but. How does it make you feel about yourself at you know as at an adult age to get into recovery? Is there a and before you sense? say that, what time do you have to make your show? I think I have twenty minutes. What time do you have to be there? I yeah, need to how be long there. Is the story going to be? I need to be there about five minutes after eight p.m. After it's got to leave your court. Yeah, you have about fifteen minutes. Dude, okay. Yeah. Let him finish. The- is it ten minutes to- away? It's fifteen. Good. I'm watching the I'm clock. Quit. Don't yeah. worry. I don't want okay. you to. Be late to his own show. Yeah, I'm showcasing for Showtime tonight. They come out to watch. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. nice, man. Can we? Co- I'm coming Congratulations. over. I want to bring my son and his girlfriend. Can we come? You definitely could. Yeah. I was saying I she bought tickets. tickets. I was you did. To- yeah, you're good. So they sold out. So really? You did. Yeah. Can you sneak us in? It's yes, right. I know the. I know the guys there. There you go. I was saying to Drew and Susan before you got here, and I don't. I don't I'm not even trying to blow smoke. I said you're the funniest guy working right now. Oh, thanks. Man. Without without question. I like, appreciate that. No nice one makes me laugh like you do. Thanks, dude. Um, wow, that's like the handsomest guy that's ever told me something nice. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Estrada. What about Shab? Nice huh? I mean, come on, Shab. I mean, Shab's like he's a lot of lotion and surprises. You know? <laughs> I think you really got it at your core. Thanks, you got some handsomeness, dude. You Native American or something? Mexican. I could see that, dude. Nice little twist. In Mexican it's kind of the same thing. They're still kind of Native Americans I love down when there. Hosts are hosting each other. So what, ask him a question about the, about the. Uh, they weren't How does hosting. Being recovery as an adult. As an adult. Um, um, what did you get a renewed sense of kind of um, self-respect? You know what I got. I feel like just a total late bloomer. I feel like I am literally have just been growing up in the past two years, and like before that, I don't even know. Literally, don't know what I was doing on an emotional level. Thank you. Yeah, like I literally don't know. Like I think I had well, to you, manifest a lot of my emotions with thought. Something about your upbringing was. I hope you talk more about it because it's fascinating to me. It was the the there was something deprivation deprived about it right yeah and i think that's why you substituted other things i i, I don't have a clear picture of it yet because i'm not sure if you have a clear feeling about it i think i wanted i the more i thought about it man i was at the chs the center for health sex or what is it csh whatever center it is. for healthy sex yeah i was there yesterday and Did i had alexandra this lady named Rhonda bernstein oh, yeah. yeah um 
and she was great. She had a slip and fall. She hurt her head, but she's she's going to be okay. It's just a bruise. Um, but anyhow, the uh, I had one of the best sessions I'd ever had in there, man. And it was a lot about, I think, like when I was young, I wanted my mom. My mom and I have never laughed together like my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, my mom has always been a hard worker. She continues to work. She works all the time. And I just, all I ever wanted to do, I think, was kind of make her laugh. I just right. wanted to have some I wanted her to I wanted us to see to have some time and there's never really been any time and she won't stop working and I think she'll work all the way in her, and I feel like we'll probably never have time and I never realized that until like yesterday we were talking about it and it just like I was so overcome with emotion bro that I fucking couldn't I felt like a poltergeist was going to come out of like this part of my It's called globus hystericus when like a fist is coming up into your throat Dude, right? it was bizarre, bro. Yeah, yeah. I felt like fucking Harry Potter hit me with some Hufflepuff, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> Just caught me right in the throat. Some mm-hmm. fucking, you know, some larynx jajarynx. You but know? that's but, crazy when emotional things kind of take over your body. Yeah, there's oh, that, yeah. Like oh, yeah. visceral feeling. Yes. Oh, yeah. But that's what emotions are. They're in our body. It's that's crazy. Naturally, it should be a body-based response. Yeah, it's crazy, but, man. It, it's fascinating. But, but in there is that deprivation, right? The absence. Yeah, I think also I was probably a really fragile. Like I wanted it so bad. Every child does. Yeah, every kid does, and then you just don't get it, and then you're compensating the rest of the day. Yeah, and then my dad was so old that I think if I went to him, he was dying. So it was like this weird, like here you almost felt guilty. Couldn't make him laugh. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, I literally don't even know. I mean, that's as far as I've gotten, really. But I think getting into recovery helped me realize that the world wasn't against me. Mm -hmm. I was always so defensive, and it was so taxing and tiring it's so tiring like hating the world it is just i just i have this image for you tell me why i have this of like trailers and swamp yeah you know what i mean yeah is that the hood is that what no it was more like just whites like not a lot of shirts like a lot of whites, like a lot what of what was it? Were the houses like gummo? Like par- yeah, more like gummo. Okay, what's gummo? Yeah, gummo is like it's more a flick. It's like, uh, did you see the one the documentary about the making a murderer? That thing? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like that kind of vibe, you know, like a fourteen-year-old kid and a thirty-five-year-old man like burning furniture outside. <laughs> With a lot no of dirt shirts. bikes, no shirts. Yeah, yeah, some dirt bikes, you know. The guy across the street murdered his my, his grandmother, who was my favorite cafeteria worker. And there were Aww. different different groups, like there was racial groups, right? Yeah, there was some. It was mostly bl- just poor black and poor white kind of. Was there mixing or just? Yeah, there was some mixing because we all rode together on the school bus. Mm. And there was some racism, I think, both ways. But it was just, it's when you're so poor, you'll hate, or when when there is poverty, you'll hate Hate is like the only thing you have sometimes, I guess. Mm-hmm. It gives you something to do. It's like, oh, we'll be angry at them. I mean, you don't have any education. You're not, oh, we'll be angry at them because of this, you know? Um, Are people that you've left behind angry at you? I don't think so. Yeah. I think there's more pride than anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, I thought for a long time they were. Yeah. And that was my own thing in this head. In my well, head. but you, you would worry about envy kind of coming up. Because envy does, that, a lot of that is envy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe there's some envy, you know. But I mean, I want to help. I want to help uh, other kids like from those types of places that feel just don't feel good about themselves. Well, you know? now when you first, I think I first met you on Corolla, and, yeah. and you're you were much like him in terms of helping people build themselves out of there. Yeah. Don't give them stuff. Help them figure out how to fish. Yeah. Don't give them fish. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I, I still his motto is like you know what spend a don't pick up a penny spend a dollar whatever that thing he always says. He's got some good mottos, that guy. Yeah, what the hell was that? 
it's like oh don't uh, don't let a dime hold up a dollar yes <laughs> okay <laughs> and I use that a lot and you know in thinking about well quit thinking about this and just think about the bigger picture yeah that yeah help things but one of my ultimate goals is through my podcast I'd love to have like a actual brick and mortar place where people can go to get help that's funded somehow um, by the podcast eventually you know and not that like I do any of the helping or anything like no, that you fund it but yeah but yeah I think that would make yeah, me we feel need good. we need to figure out some way. I talked, you know, I, I talked to the Bloods and Crips. I did that. Did you really? The, um, online uh, online journalism site called Control Forever. They sent me, and I talked to modern the modern Bloods and Crips to kind of see because it, you went to their place. I went to Compton. And I went to South Central, and it was fucking intense. Fuck, dude! But if you crazy, came in my neighborhood, uh, yeah. The craziest you talk about? part was one hundred percent of them, man, woman, young and old. I asked them, I said, if you had the ability to talk to someone about your mental health and your needs, would you? And they said, I would love that. Wow. And that blew me away. Huh. 55-year-old OGs or young young kids, 17-year-old kids. And they're like, I, I just feel like my life's so stressful and I, no one's ever thought to like talk to me about that it. That seems you know? like opportunity to me. Wow. And, I, and, I, and I, it, it was so – Were you talking about recovery? No, no. Um, it's, uh, drugs was certainly an issue. I mean, certainly an issue, yeah. um, but l- less than you might expect. Less than you might. But he, here's something. Here's something I want. It put was more that on. like they had almost PTSD, oh, and yeah. that no one wanted to even address it. Yeah, well, that they know? do have PTSD a lot. Yeah. Of them. So I believe that some sort of community building because you have to find a way to scale this. Right to really help because we got massive problems. In okay, so what do you mean by scale it? Like this be able to have, have access for lots of people. Right. Uh, and right now, like when you look at the opiate crisis, they go, "Well, we have to use Suboxone. It's the only scalable solution." It's like, oh Jesus. I, I by the way, I beg to differ because twelve step is a scalable solution, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you can't account for people who are just not going to do the work. That's fine. Th- that's replacement. That's fine. But but the, in terms of community building and virtue building and, and building people to live a certain kind of life, that's communities like 12-step. And we need, maybe you can invent something, something maybe, or maybe your little community that you're thinking, imagining, putting together could be then reproduced in other places. Mm, I love that idea, thinking of like a bigger, yeah, like a Chick-fil-A type of style. But, but it, has <laughs> to, it has to be cheap or free. It has to be less expensive than Chick Fil A. It has to be just literally like twelve step. You just go because it's it's mutual aid. Yeah, people helping people, building community. That that I think is a major major thing today because people don't want church, they don't want family, they don't want community. We got to build a mental but health since community. Is important. I know, and people don't get it. You're right. I know, but and since the community is going to gain ground, I think. Do you think it's going to? I, I know twelve step kind of is right now, so I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I, I'm I'm fine with church being a piece of this too. I think the clergy could play a major role for some people, but we have to do something like that. Something's got to bring us together to help one another. Hey, you just went out and helped a bunch of Crips and Bloods. Yeah, you're I not, mean, you're not yeah, a trained professional, I but I wasn't helping them. Yeah, I was you were just talking to them. That, that's know? helping. Yeah, I mean, maybe it inadvertently did, but my, I, I, it was self-serving. I was trying to get a media piece. I was trying to make media out of it. Oh well. You know? Oh well, they benefit too. Yeah. I mean, it's like that's fine, and they they knew what they were signing up for. Sure, sure, sure. sure. And maybe again, we'll educate other people about. The reason I want to point out that, that I wasn't helping is like I didn't go out there for philanthropic. I understand. Philanthropic. You know I, what I'm saying? I, so I, I want to make. It, I understand. You know. I get it. I, I get that there was a the other motivators. That's honorable I, you to say that, though. I, but yeah. I, my point is, who cares? Yeah. If it got them in the room and they're motivated and they're talking, who cares? That's a good point. Roll the cameras. Fine. 
Well, I just I'm I think there is even value in he like the idea of hearing them say that the, these guys are like oh, I've been I spent 16 years in prison. Maybe there's for something murder. in that role of cameras. Maybe maybe motivate people to come in and big videos or something or yeah. uh, create some. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. But one kid told me he's like I just wish that I could talk to someone who would listen because the streets don't care. Mm-hmm. And I was like I was like oh fuck. He's like they just don't the streets don't have any uh, conscience. They I could see any. that. Yeah. Yeah, those people nobody's eh. nobody's talking about feelings out there. Right. That's why you know, and most people, most of people probably don't really realize that they have feelings. You know, right? They're a million miles away from that, and that's the PTSD or the shutdown or to manage. Do you feel like? I mean, I noticed one of the biggest things is just so many young men, even that reach out to our podcast, my podcast, or our podcast. Um, yeah, they just feel errant. Kind of, they feel like there hasn't been like a discipline in their life or something. Absolutely. Well, what are the middle children of history? From my age yeah. down to like you know guys that are teenagers now, where no the Great Depression, no Great Depression, no like World War, you know, like even military um, endeavors seem like it's it's detached from the everyman. You yeah, know, there's nothing like, that makes us feel like a man. And um, there, the idea of blue collar work has been so demonized. You know, a guy, everyone is getting college debt for still a lot of people for no reason. There's so much honor and going out and learning to be an electrician or a contractor and stuff. And that, that has been so demonized by the, as, by, has, as has just being male by culture. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I think that like we feel uh, they're, they're, they're wayward and, and errant. And I think Theo's exactly right. There's just, there's this aimlessness. And of course you've never been more free to do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. But without this point, it's almost like, it's almost like floating in space. It seems liberating at first, but after a while, you're just kind of floating around like, where do I go? You know, my dad in 1960, you know, he's 18, uh, 1963, he really had three choices. What was Go it? get a manual labor job, mm-hmm. or learn a trade, join the military, mm-hmm. go to college. Yeah. yeah. And... I don't and and, I, and there it wasn't like oh, I'm going to start an internet startup. Oh, my friend and I are going to travel, and like I said, that liberty, that freedom, and the choice is great, but it also makes things so much more overwhelming and seeming seeming like you're just awash in in nothingness. You know, I agree, and uh, it's it's concerning because I, I wonder what the what the well, solution would be. A part of the, part of the problem is we've uh, we've sold this bill of goods that happiness is the goal, right? And hedonic happiness or euphoria is a empty bag, right? Right. You just go from euphoria to desire, back right. to euphoria to desire, and so it, it's not a fulfilling thing. And so it turns out that something called eudaimonic happiness, which is more meaning making, I think I talked to you a little bit about this. Mm. Uh, it's meaning making. You got to make. You got to live a certain kind of life. You got to. You got to be of service. You have to create meaning. And but that I think a lot of people get confused that that means. Like you've got to be Mother Teresa. It does not be Mother Teresa, but it does mean, and this is the part people miss, you have to have a certain amount of skill and a certain amount of knowledge. Yeah, in order be to be Stepmother Diane at least. In order, to, <laughs> in order to really have something to offer. Otherwise, it, that's going to feel kind of empty too. It's not going to feel substantial But enough. wouldn't eudaimonic, eudonic? Eudaimonic. Eudaimonic happiness come from like being a good dad. Yes. Or being, yes. you know what I'm saying? Or, yes, uh, it could uh, be that. Being a little league coach. Or, yes, you know, I, I, absolutely. I, I just wanted to make the point that you don't have to do it's being of service, but it doesn't have to be grandiose. The, the grandiose service doesn't serve that function. Yeah. It tends to be one-on-one. Yeah, and I think uh, for me, I have this feeling that greed is going to go out of style. I um, think it really already has. I, I just read a statistic that uh, 
like 68% of millennials say that they don't, they're, they're not interested in a job that pays them well. They're more they're, interested in doing things and than, that's than having things. Right. And it's way a, different than yeah. like the mid 80s. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, totally. And also having things is not even becoming. It's almost coming – it's blurred because like now you know you have Uber so that everything – it's more of a service. Things are more of yeah. a service. So it's right. like, oh, you don't have that. You just have it when you need it. Yeah. Otherwise, and, it would be and, silly to have a car sitting outside of your house all day, dude. Somebody could be using that car yeah. to drive around and get other people yeah. where they need to go. Like it's kind of weird, bro. You know? <laughs> Why would you have that car sitting Yeah. Why would you just have that, dude? You can't even do anything. And there's so much in this, in the phone. There's just so much that – I mean they're gratified all the time by this. In all kinds of ways. I think yeah. Thea should go. You yeah, do? I, I just don't want you. I, well, I don't want you to. Yeah, but I don't it's want time. You to. What time is it? Seven forty-five. I got five more minutes. Okay. Mm. I mean, I what just, time's the show? I got three more minutes. What eight. Eight. No, oh, dude. It's Lake should. Avenue exit. I understand. We I go there all. The we time. all know where the ice house yeah. is. I think <laughs> we'll go. But 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 we're gonna go. What what time have you hit the stage? I'll hit the stage at probably eight forty. Okay. Okay. So somebody had a question for Theo. Okay. He said, uh, "What." Eric said, "What the di- what's the difference between doing stand-up comedy now that you're clean from when you were using? Great question. Man, I remember sometime I'd get on stage and be on a little bit of cocaine, you know, and that would be the hardest because I couldn't hear exactly. Like I could hear, but everything seemed like it was like a quarter of a second off or something. So I couldn't tell when to restart my next moment or hmm. – and man, it made me so scared. Um I just think I'm more – I think I'm just – I honestly think I'm a little bit kinder these days than I used to be. And I don't know really – because I think I'm a little bit kinder to myself. And so I just – it then infects the way that I behave towards others, I think. And so um, then I can be kinder on stage. I can come from a more jovial place. And I know now when I get up there and I'm – my goal is to make people feel good. Then it's a total different ball game than it is to like hammer these people over the head with jokes or like now I feel almost like of service more. Like I feel a little bit more of like a conduit now. Like I have an ability to make people feel something. And to be fair, I, I always thought that what, what a great comedian pulls a community together. Yeah. Talking about the community, it's the audience is having this collective experience. You know who did that like crazy was uh, Ralphie May. Yeah, Ralph May would just make the audience like a, like an organic thing that yeah. he like would play with. It was crazy. Yeah, he was so that man was so lovable. Huh? Yeah, very sad. Very sad. I, I like that guy a lot. We miss him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a big push, and I, I think that may be one of the only upsides to this whole political correctness. I, I'm starting to see a lot more of a shift to kinder comedy, and it doesn't mean it's any less funny. But like the the days of just um, everything's like fuck the world. Uh, this this neurotic anger. And yeah, that kind of stuff is disappearing. It's, it's kind of going away. Some of that Mark Maron vibe is kind of like it's not cool. It's like yeah. you have everything you want, but you're just complaining all the time. It's not helping anything. Kind of, it's not believable, really, or it's not fair. I don't know what it is. Maybe I also don't even know what I'm talking about. I, I think it's a personal thing too. But I, I, you know, that that movement was so huge in the '90s, early 2000s. Like everything was just about like fuck the world and the grunge. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I, I definitely. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. like Kurt Cobain, kind of. Yeah, exactly. And that—that that was again. We we've had we had several decades that were not good. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah, they were not yeah good. but the, uh, all the decades that you hate seem to make a lot of good art. Well, I wonder if humanity's panning out. That's kind of my big thing. 
if we're if we're paying out the way we should. I don't know if it's panning out. Like what sense? Human being human. Like we 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 shouldn't. We like, should cash in our chips like and the, call the it a day. The experiment's no good. <laughs> yeah, like the experiment's no good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like at what point is it like? Uh, yeah, maybe this. You know what I'm there's a lot of ch- there's a lot of like positives and negatives, you know. It'd yeah, be that's hard. true. It'd be I, really I'm, a, hard I'm an advocate for human beings. Just for the record, <laughs> oh, you're wow. pro human. I'm, I'm pro human. Oh, I know. You knew he would be. <laughs> Last quick question: Why on earth did you get uh, obsessed with buying vests? Oh man, I just I got into this vest kind of collection thing. You know, I think it was just my way of being like Prince or something. <laughs> and it was like cheaper, it was an affordable way to be Prince at your house. That's good. You would get so coked I, out and buy vests. I would just do some cocaine at night by myself and wear a bunch of vests and try on these different vests and stuff. Dude, on a fucking crazy month, I'd have eleven vests that unbox that weren't boxed. That weren't that weren't unboxed. All closed up. Get a little a couple grams of blow, dude, and just unbox those things, bro, and put them on all night. <laughs> <laughs> that is a dream come true, man. Wow. What a, that's what I thought, and I made it happen. That's glamorous drug use. That's what I thought, and I made it happen, man. <laughs> you know? You never know what's possible, dude, with a little bit of cocaine. Best true. man. You never know what's possible. Yeah. All right, man. We'll see you. We're going to go. We'll see you there. Okay. Uh, have a good show. Yeah. Congratulations. Do we need to wrap this thing up, or can we go for a little while? We, can, we have to wrap it up. Oh, will you get any more, anything more going on Facebook before we go? Uh, no. Everybody's enjoying your conversation. It's a slow night. It's kind of, you know. All right. It's a Wednesday. Well, thank you, Facebook. Yeah. Thank you, Theo. Yeah, I want to come back, man. I'm sorry that I was late. Don't ridiculous. It's, it's all good. You can come back anytime. And uh, you. what's coming up on your pod? Um, we got a guy named Jocko Willink coming on. Ooh. Yeah. Former Navy SEAL. He's like an intense man that's watched people die. Like, I've seen a lot of people's life just leave their eyes. And then, um, and we have Dr. Drew Pinsky coming oh, on. Oh, yeah, it's coming up He's, uh, I think, a board-certified dermatologist. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and, uh, no, he's a special guy, and he has a great memory. That's what's really amazing about him. What did huge, I remember? Huge dog. Huh? Everything. You remember parts of conversations we had. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> I know. It's captivating. Thank you for having me. All right, buddy. We're standing in front of him. And, and I know. It's Susan. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> yeah. I remember 25 years ago, it was poor Susan. All right, everybody. died here. Mike, yes. thanks. Thank you yes, all. You live. We'll see you next time. Thanks. All right, that's about it for this episode of This Life. Check us out at KBC, being uh, Lawrence Vaughn, 790 Midday Live Talk Radio, Monday to Friday. You can also tune in every day live via the magic of the internet at kbc.com. If you miss it, we've made it simple for you to find all the shows at drdrew.com, the Adam and Dr. Drew podcast, the Sync One I Do By Myself, the Dr. Drew podcast, This Life, of course, with Bob Swole Patrol, Mike Cantho, and his new health and fitness podcast. You can uh, find us on Twitter at This Life Podcast, at Dr. Drew, Dairy W, at Rehab Bob Forrest, and of course, our lovely producer at First Lady of Love. I think I know who that is. If you love this show, please subscribe and tell a friend. We appreciate it when you do. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. Send us a message. Join the email list at drdrew.com, drdrew.com slash contact. You'll also get a weekly uh, email from us on that. Uh, while you're at it, at doctor.com, please support our sponsors by clicking through the banners. We only advertise products that I can get behind. So thank you for supporting them, those that support us. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.